Hey, Fabo listeners, I am so excited you tuned in today. You probably just got done posting that great reel on Instagram that's going to go viral. But what if I told you there's still power in that little square, in that grid, in that feed? But what holds most of us back from letting our potential clients know who we are, what we do, and how we serve, and that we can solve their problem is the caption area. If you hate writing social media captions and hashtag all the things, I'm super excited you're here today because today we are talking with Serena Waller. Serena Waller owns the company Delegate and Elevate. It is a social media management strategy company for the wedding and creative industries. So if you're overwhelmed and you're overworked and you really don't know what to do, today Serena joined me in a conversation and she really went back to some of the basics brought us up to date with what Instagram is saying, and she broke it down in manageable takeaway items for us. There's a lot of hashtag moments in this episode, right? At the end of this, we're going to share a template program that she's offering. So make sure you go to show notes and grab those. So if you are overwhelmed and overworked and tired of doing all those things and social media is weighing you down, this is the BeFabble podcast. That's our topic today. Be right back, listeners. to the BeFabble podcast, episodes full of candid conversations that speak to the hard truth that it takes more than hustle and luck to be your own CEO. Being a creative entrepreneur and running a business is not at all like the glam that you see on Instagram or reality TV. The truth is, it's showing up every single day, putting in the blood, sweat, and yes, lots of tears. Oh, do not forget all the hard work. I'm your host, Bobby Brinkman, photographer, coach, speaker, wedding industry educator, diet Mountain Dew addict. You see why, right? I am hitting the pause on that hustle and luck myth button because it's more than getting a really cute website and hanging a now open sign. Not just waving the magic wand so that all the success, money, and clients will just be lined up ready to hire you. Hope is not a business strategy, my friends. And along with my guests, the goal of our podcast is to motivate, educate, and celebrate creative entrepreneurs discussing topics and information that will help you get and keep you in that CEO mindset through our candid conversations. You're going to hear stories from other creatives at different stages along their career journey. They'll be sharing the same struggles you have, as well as business insights, tools, and foundations that they have in place to keep their businesses moving forward, no matter what kind of S-H-I-T tries to knock you off your career path. I want to challenge you to unapologetically keep showing up to attract your ideal clients, serve them in the most fab way, while collecting a purpose-driven paycheck. I want to empower you to create a career that you not only love and are proud of, but also one that your clients love and will support even more. Now let's get started. But Serena, my friend, welcome to Clubhouse. Thank you for sharing some time with us today. I can't wait to dive in. Tell everybody just a little bit about yourself to refresh those with your scope of genius. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for having me. Um, I am Serena Waller and I own a small marketing agency that works with wedding pros. And our specialty is really working mainly in Instagram and blogging and Pinterest, but Instagram's kind of our main shtick, I guess you could say. And um, many years ago, it's been almost seven now. um, I was working for a wedding magazine for a little bit while I was um, coming off of maternity leave. And I was reaching out to wedding pros and you know, trying to sell them ads at the time when print was still kind of like right in that medium where it was kind of working and kind of not. Um, But I was seeing that tons of people were really having a hard time keeping up with social media. They were, you know, so busy in the thick of doing weddings that by the time the wedding was over, they didn't want to touch it again and just wanted to move on with their life. So it was in that time I realized, you know, I have experience in the wedding industry. I've been in it since 2004. I started as a catering sales manager for Hilton Hotel. Then I was a catering sales manager for another venue. And then I did wedding planning on the side. Um, And it was in that time that I said, well, I've got industry experience. I have a degree in journalism. Um, Maybe there's an opportunity here for me to start a business and really help wedding pros get this off of their plate Um, because I like it, but most of them don't. So Exactly. And that's how we start Nisha's business, right? That's how most of us get started because we had a passion for something, but then there was something else. And we're like, oh, wait, I'm pretty good at that. 
So I am so glad that you're here because I know that this is ever changing and this conversation is always going to be evolving. I would really like to dive in today with, with your scope of genius and take advantage of you for the, for the 50 minutes or so that we have you. And maybe you can explain starting off exactly why we need at least one platform and specifically let's talk about Instagram because we can talk about stories and reels as well. Mm -hmm. But why do you think Instagram is the spot that we need to be that the platform that wedding professionals need to be on? And then from that, maybe it go a little bit about why, why we can extend off of that. So let's start with why Instagram is the place that we need to be because that's where clients are booking us, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, the reason that I, I really believe that Instagram has resonated so much specifically with couples is it gives them the opportunity to get to know you on a visual level first, because obviously weddings are a very aesthetic medium. You know, people don't come to weddings and just say, oh, I'm just here for the food anymore. You know, they're coming for an experience. They're coming because they want to feel something like they're looking for an emotion. They're looking for a feeling. They're looking for something beautifully um, created. And weddings are really all of those things for people. So when they come to Instagram, they get they get to start to imagine their life with their partner in this space that you have created or this experience that you're creating. So you're able to pull people in visually, but then what you say and how you say it and how you're connecting with people is really to help drive them home and pull them in, you know? So, so that was my question. It's like, we have the beautiful photos, but then the captions, I mean, we all have them. Photographers are lucky yeah. we have them, right? But then it's like, do we just say, wedding at so-and-so or here's right. a wedding at so-and-so where are we falling short on that and why do we find it so hard serena yeah well so i think this is twofold i think one we are actually most of us pretty mentally exhausted after a wedding is True. over like we've spent so much time with this couple and we've loved on them so hard and then we've shown up on that day and we've given so much of ourselves that by the time the day is over like we actually want to close that chapter like we're done, you know, right. and it's like, we can love somebody, but we can still walk away when it's over and, you know, move on to give our energy to the next couple. So I think that is the first thing that people ch are challenged with because right. at the end of the day, they literally, they're just like, I, I have no more mental capacity to think about this couple anymore. So I don't know what to say about them. Right. And I've already talked uh, about it in our head. We've already told us everything about it, but yeah. that's the important part. We need to let our potential clients know something about that or how we handle that we yeah. have to really sell with our captions, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that's, you know, that's part of the problem is that because we have, you know, kind of disconnected the couple, we've disconnected from that experience and don't necessarily know how to share that experience. Um, and then I think also, again, like people just feel like, oh, I'm not a good writer. I'm, I'm not a writer. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. Like, do people even care? Are they even reading? Because Instagram is such a scrolling medium, people automatically assume, well, no one's reading my captions. But that's really not the case. They are reading them. They are connecting with them. They might like an image and come back to it and then, you know, like read it. But I think what's really happening is we're not hooking people with our captions and then they're not reading them. So it's like if you're writing these tiny little like nothing but emojis captions, you know, there's nothing that gives them a reason to stay there and read it. So it's kind of a restructuring of how we talk to people. Like it's kind of that, like when you walk into a coffee shop and you're like, Hey, and everyone turns around and looks at you. Like <laughs> that's what you have to think about. Like, what can I say that's going to hook somebody? And once I get that hook, then I can tell the story of this couple. But I think another thing that happens is like, like I said, because we really feel like we tried to disconnect from a couple a bit. Um, we're like, well, now I can't remember like what was important about them or what I want to say. So like my quick tip is when you're leaving a wedding, do an audio recording on your phone with a couple highlights for the day. Like, oh my gosh, I loved that speech when so-and-so said this, or I loved this person at the wedding, or I loved the flowers about this wedding, or I loved how great the timeline flowed. Like it was the perfect timeline, or this vendor was like super stellar and this vendor was terrible. You know, like give yourself a Cliff Notes version of the day in audio so that you literally can forget it. And then so I love that. So as you're sitting yeah. in your car and we're all anxious yeah. to go, take yep. five minutes and breathe. And then on the caveat of that is we, you're hundred percent, right? We're like in our minds, we're like, okay, we're done with sweating. We've moved on. But what we need to remember is that potential clients, 
they need to know something about that so now with with our beautiful photos or whatever we're sharing in the visual part we need to remember that okay we have to put on our hat for you weren't there let me tell you how i had the experience with them so mm -hmm. i love the fact that you use the word hook we now have to take what we past did and even though we're done with it we need to shift our mindset into for the photos that we're using now not just to show off to that couple and be thrilled but every time we post it needs to have the sales factor to it without being sleazy and so right. i know you're yep. going to share with us how do we not sound sleazy serena yeah well and really i think you know my kind of like my rule of thumb is like speak about the day from the heart but also from your expertise you know yeah. and you don't want to talk at people but you do want it to feel conversational and you do want them to understand the value that you bring from the day so you know if you're a photographer or planner or a florist or whatever it may be you know you can spin what you have to say to really inform without like talking at someone and if you're working a luxury market you know it, the way that you talk to people is very different than if you're working with you know like a, a, a more of a DIY type 100%. couples. So one, you have to really identify like who your couple is. And then you really have to identify what are they asking you when they come to you in the first place? And you can use just all your previous experience with this. Like, what are the things that are coming up again and again? Like, what am I spending so much time educating them on in the inquiry? Or what am I spending time like helping them understand after they've booked me or, you know, where are their anxieties and really start thinking about the content pieces that can address those things. So it um, follows through, right? With the same thing. Why are we solving a problem for our clients? So when you're, when, when we have a beautiful photo and we know that the day was great, maybe we're saying, if I hear you correctly, Hey, three things that you need to do if you're having a beach wedding, if it's a beach yep. photo. So you're offering a tip, you're solving a problem. And then do you always want to have a call to action when you're doing this and you're Instagram captions? Yeah. So I, you know, there are like five or six different calls of actions that work really well for wedding pros. And, you know, this, this does require a little, um, you know, like website update on your part occasionally, <laughs> like, please blog or update your galleries. So you can send people back to the site and say, go check out the full gallery on my website, go check out the blog on my site, or like, check out this thing on my website, like that's one, or send me a DM about your question about beach weddings, or, you know, just like this, or forward this, or save this, or tag a friend, or tell your fiance why you're excited to get married here. Like, there are a lot of ways you can work on those like engagement pieces and call to action without being like, hey, submit my contact form, you know, like, Love it. I really like you to just have something that feels low pressure. One of the lowest pressure ones that you can do is say, like, drop this emoji below, like, if you agree, and like, give them the exact thing you want them to say or do. And recognize that just because they don't do it doesn't mean they haven't engaged with your content in some way, shape or form, you really have to kind of check your analytics. But like, hey, go and check out my reel that I did on this, or go and check out my stories where I'm sharing more or, you know, really kind of drive them to some of the other places within your platform to try and get them engaging because they don't always publicly want to engage, but that doesn't mean that they haven't absorbed it and found a different way to engage with you. Oh my gosh, that's hashtag well. They don't always want to publicly engage. I love that. And the other thing is we as photographers, I think we have the benefit here, but like Alex is now in the audience, has amazing stationary products. So as we're working on, on captions and we maybe we don't like them, how does Alex, for instance, and maybe she'll come up and ask later, but how does anybody that's not a photographer, let's say, yeah. how do they write a caption where they don't sound like they're saying the same thing? Because like they can't really say, go to my full gallery, but could they share the yeah. story about creating that yes. other product? Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Or the upgrades or all the different things like, okay, they chose handmade paper. Here are some great things you can do with handmade paper. You could consider a letterpress. You could consider adding on wax seals. You can consider, you know, whether or not you want to do a watercolor envelope liner to go with your handmade paper. Like you can really talk about like, here's what they did. And here are other additional ways that you can personalize that for yourself. Or, you know, the reason they chose a letterpress invitation is because they really wanted something classic and timeless and really kind of talk about the experience. How long did you work with them? Like, how long did it take you to source these? Like, did you have delays due to, you know, COVID? <laughs> you right. know, kind of talk about that experience. Talk about like how quickly 
um, they need to consider making those, uh, you know, like reservations with you, even if they're not ready to design, you know, and really kind of just talk about like what they can expect and what your favorites are. Like, there's nothing wrong with sharing. Like, I love working with, you know, like, gold foil because like, and I love this that. Couple and, chose and, and, see, and that's the thing. It's the education part of yep. it. And I think, I hope everybody in the audience is hearing you've done all the work. Now you're just trying to let others, you're still serving, you're still offering something. And when you say, I love the fact that you mentioned, get your logs up because I know that for, for, for example, you know, I know Alex has this on her website, so she could go, here's how to work on this or what I need to do. But anybody that is in a service industry that on the day you may not be seen because you drop mm -hmm. off and go, this is your chance in captions to do more of the what I do, how I do it. So you talk about, we talk about people not liking to do that. We don't like to do that. I think we've covered why. I hope now that the mental block maybe has been removed a little bit because now I want you to just go back and look at the photo and keep using this. Share a little bit about how, if you just shot a wedding, why you can't use that images or some photos maybe two months down the road, that it's okay to keep using the oh, content yeah. that you have yes. to go with a new caption. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Repurpose, repurpose, repurpose. And you know, you the way that we all perceive it is, I put this out, everybody's seen it, nobody's liking it, it's garbage. Like that's immediately where our minds go. Instead of, oh gosh, like I have a thousand followers, if I'm lucky 20 people are gonna see this today, it's okay to reshare that photo or it's okay to repurpose that caption in a couple weeks and see how it does. Like I literally did this experiment with a client um, last week, I posted the same photo same caption, same hashtag, like a couple hours apart, <laughs> just because she's, she's fine. If I, you know, like if I do that and experiment on her account, she has no problem with that. Some people do, but like I tried it and it was astounding to see the difference to me in just that five minute gap. Right. Um, it, you know, one of them got like 30 saves and the other only got, you know, 16 saves, but they still collectively got over 40 people who saved that and want to go back to it. And then they got a hundred likes on one, but then they got, you know, like 30 likes on the other. And it literally was the exact same everything. It was just a difference in time. So in our minds, we just, again, assume the worst. I think even if we're optimistic, people were like, wow, I feel like that bombed, right. but it's not necessarily the case. It can be a timing. It can be so much and we beat ourselves up when we say like oh gosh like it just wasn't good but you can make subtle changes and completely repurpose it and know that you could have a new batch of followers who are going to and, and, and i think about it too we're all connected we all know the couple or we know our photo or this is our favorite bouquet we're connected emotionally so we're excited about it so we i think we get oh my gosh nobody else likes it like you said yep. so now we talk a little bit about repurposing and doing things so now we're posting and we're not so much afraid of the writing the social medias because we were taking what you have mentioned here and reshifting our mindset. Now, can we take that same post and put it in a story a week later? Would it do yeah. better maybe there? And then I would love for you just to, and the caveat second part of that question is we all don't have to be doing the dancing on the reels. No. We can still share <laughs> art because this old body, 60 years old, I ain't doing that crap, right? So, so how can we take maybe something a simple instagram that we did a couple weeks ago and turn that into a story and then from a story into a reel and then from your expert because you're the genius here do you think we need to be doing all three with the same captions the same images what is your course of action that you think is easy for us especially if we don't like doing it to begin with yeah so okay so this is something to to really consider and i'm going to use my cat cake analogy if you've heard this before i'm sorry but like <laughs> we are baking a wedding cake okay and instagram is our you know proverbial wedding cake here and there are ingredients that you need to create step one which is like just the cake the the single layer cake it's a single layer cake like you need a picture you need a caption you need hashtags you need your vendor tags like you need all of these things just to make the basic cake and that's your grid from there you've got your stories like your client is most likely going to want their cake and a little bit of frosting um but they don't know what their frosting flavors that they really want are yet so they're going to pop onto stories and they're going to try and get to understand the flavors that are available to them to go with the cake and then you know the reels are kind of like that like 
that display, that cake table um, that has like the pretty cake with the frosting, all the embellishments, like that's kind of like that level. So when you talk about it, like you really have to understand where are my clients finding me and what kind of cake do they want? So like your stories are really like, when I look at the analytics for almost every pro that I work with, and I work with like, you know, 30 given clients at any, any time and every single one, the people who are watching stories are their current followers. It is very rare, especially in the wedding space that the people that are watching stories aren't already following you. It's not impossible, but the majority of those people who are checking those stories out are people who have chosen to watch them because they want to get to know you better. So you're kind of looking at your grid is where people who don't necessarily know you are going to find you and then they're going to follow you and then they're going to go to stories. So if you shared a beautiful bouquet on, you know, your story, um, they might want to know a little bit more about that bouquet. They're going to kind of look for that opportunity to see more or maybe your point of view on the bouquet. So it's really your opportunity to kind of like nurture that relationship and stories versus reels is where you're just going to reach <laughs> a bunch of people. Um, you know, and I will tell you like, it has taken me a long time to get on the reels train because I'm looking at the analytics and they still don't have me sold that they're worth the amount of time that they take. However, right. <laughs> I know that it's a cumulative effort. And if you're doing your grid and you're doing your stories and you're adding reels to it, you're doing a really good thing for your account because it's helping the algorithm love you more and find you more frequently. But with reels, you can really take your stories content and you can just animate all of that to create a reel and pick some really stellar music and reuse the caption from your, um, your grid post. And you're going to be in a better place than if you don't do it at all. I just love to hear that because I think it's true because like, not all of us can do 75 to 200 weddings a year. And I think when we get on the reels, we're like, okay, so somebody sees us from Alaska. Great. Mm -hmm. Are they going to fly me there and go there? That would be right. a great gig. But we also, you're pulling in international people. And, and while yeah. it's fun and I think it's entertaining, I sometimes think our niche market does it benefit us and where can we better spend our time? So I love the fact that you said that because I think when we devote our time to Instagram, to the, to the grid, and then to the stories, a selective group of clients, our right fit clients are more likely to find us and do that known like trust factor, correct? Yeah, yeah, Good. absolutely. You know, that. short for, I think really short form video in general is super powerful, but if you're not putting it on reels, it's not a major, major detriment as long as you're putting some video content out there for people to get to know you. And you really have to decide what your strategy is for Instagram. And I think that's why people get very caught up on reels and like, oh gosh, I have to dance or I have to point or I have to, you know, like do yeah. all of these things because they're feeling the pressure without knowing how to use it, you know, and it's okay when you start to build your relationships with your clients to start saying like, hey, do you even like reels? Like, why are you on reels? Right. Do you want entertainment? Like, start <laughs> asking your existing clients, like, how do you feel about it? like my clients hate it, which is why right. they have me do it, but they're not watching reels, they're actually over on TikTok watching people dance, you know, right. and it's one of those things like you have to ask the questions and do the market research before you decide like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to sink eight hours this week and making this stuff. Like well, you really, you know, we you always know. talk about, and since you've been in the industry, you know, this, we always talk about, don't compare yourself to others Our yeah. mindset room coming up. You know, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on Thursday, but we talk about in this history. Oh, you're the superpower. Well, you're what sets you apart. Don't follow everybody else. Don't copy. Oh, everybody just go jump on reels. So it's like, right. which is it, right? What do we need to do? So I love that you clarified that. Now let's dive into a little bit about, you have heard that the people are having trouble, your clients have trouble, and you've been around long enough to know that people have hated writing uh, social media captions. Yep. So you have created, the link is right here, explain to everybody a little bit about your template and what you came up with and how it's an easy place to start to get you over the hump and how you can keep using this that may just solve that problem of let's not, let's fall in love with writing captions. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, I'm a writer that I've always been a writer, but I've always been more of a, like, I, I went to school for journalism, but I also considered doing creative writing and those two things kind of, you know, I have a passion for both of them. So when I was creating these, these templates, I, I sent them to a couple of people to get feedback and I realized more than anything, they're actually like done for you captions with right. a couple of fill in the blanks. So the, the reason is like, again, I'm writing captions for clients 
all the time. And I'm seeing that a lot of times we're struggling with getting over like how to hook them or like what the formatting needs to be. Like, it's kind of like a blog post. The reason you don't necessarily want to write is because you don't know what to say. So all of these, I created this, there's 10 of them. Um, And it's different styles for whether or not you're trying to like just engage with them or share about the day or be a little bit more educational. It's got a little bit of everything and it gives you the opportunity to go and say like, okay, I'm going to copy this. I'm going to put in this couple's name here and I'm going to put in like that one thing I like about this and you know this and it really allows you to craft your own and personalize it, but not have to spend so much time like thinking about it. So um there's 10 of them in this. And then at the very end of those captions, there are five or six different call to actions that you can add to whichever caption you choose so that it feels most authentic to you and what you're doing in your business. If you're not blogging, I didn't make a call to action to go check out the blog every single time because that might not be something that you're doing. So it's really kind of gives you that opportunity to mix and match and you could use them 10 days in a row or you could use them, you know, 10 whatever days you want. Um, But it, if you already have a strong aesthetic and know what you want, you just struggle with what to write, then this gets you the opportunity to just say, I'm just going to use this caption and I'm going to get people like engaging with it. And now I don't feel so scared to write captions because I've figured out like a, you know, essentially a cadence of what works for me. Um, And I wrote them general enough that they could apply to anybody in the wedding industry, but also specific enough that they can't be used in any industry other than weddings. And I think that cool. Yes. And the the thing about that is, is if you do this a couple of times and you follow, like you said, the cadence, then you're going to find out that maybe, you know, you've done 10 or 15 and now you're like, oh, you know what? I have an idea. And so as you're doing something, you are now thinking this will fit into that template. This will fit in there and you're going to get on your own vibe. You're going to get on your own flow. And pretty soon you are writing more on your own just off. Sometimes we just need a place to start, Serena. We just need somebody to open the door so we can walk through. So do take a look at those and share on those. I want to, I want to talk a little bit about the, we always, we laughed about the all things, the hashtag all things. Yeah. (laughs) What is your role? What is your professional opinion now on, are we putting the hashtags in the body? Are we sticking them down in the comments? What the heck are we supposed to be doing? (laughs) All right. So captions, um, with hashtags at the bottom, is still the best way to go. Instagram actually came out and said it themselves like, Hey, please put your caption, like your hashtags in the caption box. Um, Adam came out and did an announcement on it like a few videos ago um, and said it, you know, so that is the rule I have always followed and will continue to follow. But the the funny thing that he did say is like, hey, could you use like eight to 11 hashtags and not all 30, which was a very interesting little tidbit. That was also something I tried to follow. Um, but that is the feedback is like, hey, put them in there. If you put them in comments, it's not the end of the world. But again, Instagram, if they change their mind and don't want to crawl that anymore, then they, they won't. Um, you know, they're not always checking for those comments comments as um, diligently as maybe they they could be or should be. So um, definitely put them there. And then um, another thing to consider is that they're starting to search for keywords in your captions. So that was something that as I was crafting my caption templates, I wanted to be very aware of is because they're not just when you go to a search bar and you look for a hashtag, they're not just pulling hashtag results anymore. They're pulling caption results. So you don't um, have to have the hashtag mark. You could just have wedding like outdoor beach wedding. So they're starting to pull the word beach wedding or beach wedding yes. or just wedding. You don't have to yeah. have hashtag beach wedding. Right. Right. So wow. they are starting to look at your caption like content and pull in those keywords kind of like Google, you know, they're Mm -hmm. never going to be as good as Google. Sorry, Instagram, but you know, like they are starting to look for that. So that is something you want to consider. That's one of the reasons you don't want to write blog captions anymore is you want captions to have the words that are important to be found (laughs) in your captions. So yeah, you want the hashtags and you want the captions. Do we have to do the dot, 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 the hash bar? We just, okay, just stick them on the bottom and do that. Yeah, that's just an And I love that because I think, again, that's going to help, I think, people free up because we get so hung up on, okay, now I'm running the caption. Oh my gosh, now what hashtags do I use? I love Mm -hmm. that, I love that. All right, everybody, the room is open. Come up. If you don't have any questions, I'm, I'm hoping that you do. Roberto Love. Thank you, Roberto. We have some new friends down here I'm shouting out that I met when I was recently speaking. So, Roberto, I'm so glad to have you this morning joining us. So, come on up. It's open. Ask any questions. We have about another, like, you know, 
you know, 25 minutes here. If you don't have anything, I do have some questions that came in that some came in on the Facebook group, but go ahead, raise your hand and come up. And you know, there's no silly questions. We're here to help you get over that fear of writing social media. And I hope you heard what she said. So she has some takeaways here, things that you can miss, easily go back and put into place this afternoon or when you're going um, along. One of the questions that came in was, can you ask Serena, how she feels now with the way that Instagram is working, the hashtags and the uh, the body, how do we work with that with later a planally or some other uh, scheduling when it says put in the in the ca- comment section? And does Serena believe that it hurts us if we use a scheduler? Okay, so um, I love a scheduler. Um, I have not seen any difference using a scheduler versus posting organic. I know people will say it any which way. I'm just saying my personal experience is it saves you time. It saves you effort. Use the scheduler. (laughs) You know, it's like if you're going to lose something, it's not going to be enough. It's truly going to make it worth it. But no, I have not seen a difference with the scheduler. And both of the schedulers now, if you do want to do your hashtags in the comments, they do have the option now to do that. So um, in Planoly, there's a little section where you can put all your hashtags in the comments and it'll post it as the first comment and you can do the same with later. Um, so, you know, again, just save yourself the time and definitely use the scheduler and use the hashtags in the scheduler. Um, I still like to personally research all the hashtags that I'm using, but I know that a lot, a lot of the schedulers later included will make hashtag suggestions, which is fine. But, you know, I create specific hashtag sets for all of my clients and for the different venues they're working with and the different styles and you know just I switch those hashtags up and that to me is way more important than like you know necessarily like um you know getting suggestions from like a a larger app I mean there are plenty of apps you can use but I still like to make sure to check them out well because if you want to work in a certain venue you want to hashtag that venue but if we hashtag a venue that isn't in the photo are we hurting us doing anything? Because it's like, if I was at venue, I'd be going, wait a minute. That's not my Dixie's down there. How many yeah, people? Yeah, it's annoying. It's right. annoying I mean, more than anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that's yeah. not my venue. Why do I want to yeah. do that? So yeah. does that, do we, if, and I've been seeing people here lately, right? The black and gold spring wedding. Is mm-hmm. that, I mean, again, I am by far, y'all know that, not the, um, not the tech person on Instagram or anything, but I don't understand are people really looking for black and gold weddings in spring? I mean, is it a thing? They're getting um, that niche I guess. Yeah, so niche is good. Um, you want hashtags in most cases that haven't been used more than, you know, like half a million times. So, okay. you know, if you're using the ones that have been used 10,000 times or 20,000 times or 200,000 times, it's better off than using the ones that have been used millions of times. Black and gold spring wedding is a little too niche. I would right. just go black and gold wedding or black... I. Personally, I go black wedding, gold wedding, black and gold wedding, gold and black wedding. Like I do all four variations because I don't know where people are going to find it. And then after a month, I'm going to go back and check the analytics and see if I'm getting traffic from hashtags. And if I'm not getting traffic from hashtags, I know I need to change my hashtag strategy. So it's not going to hurt you to experiment with that. But do you, you do want to make sure that your hashtags are relevant to the specific image. And you have to think about the customer experience because if they're truly like, going into the search bar and looking for something you want the pictures that they see to be relevant and you want that for your vendor friends too like if you're using their hashtag and it's pulling up something that's not theirs like they're like why are you doing that like it's gonna it's going to be a detriment to your relationship whether it's subconscious or not I love that so as we grow our Instagram what is what is you know we're always worried about the numbers and you know y'all again hear me say all the time However many followers you have does not constitute the worth you have as a human being. So get over that, right? But if we're posting, should we really be posting every single day, Serena? Or is it, what is your, again, you're the professional here. What's the guidance? As busy photographers, busy wedding in general, we're getting ready to go into spring. We are putting so much stress on us to, I got to keep content out there, but I'm busy working. I got to get to my client galleries before I get to my Instagram. How important is it that we show up, how often we show up, and we've already talked about the importance of what we're saying, but mm-hmm. what, are some, what are some key steps that might alleviate, alleviate even less stress for us as we're rolling into our busy season when it comes to posting? Yeah, post the days of the week that you're working. Um, and then take two days off. So, you know, I, my rule of thumb is five days a week, but where you post is kind of ultimately up to you. Um, I see the best results when you post five times per week. 
Um, and that, you know, generally for a wedding pro, that's going to be like Tuesday through Saturday or Monday through Friday. I try and get everybody to take their Sundays off, even right. if you're working, if you know, you have a busy like event weekend and you're going to be super active on say stories, sharing those events, like share those for the week and then find a way to like repurpose that content or share a sneak peek or whatever it may be. But, um, you know, quote unquote, the maximize your results by posting five days a week. But if you know you can't commit to that, just find, you know, two or three days a week, maybe in every other day schedule. But keep in mind that if your growth is important to you, if that's like your number one metric, you have to post more frequently. If growth is not important to you and just nurturing your community and making sure you stay like out there two or three times a week is fine. I would never post as a wedding professional specifically less than two times a week um, because these couples are checking in oftentimes like multiple times a week and to, to see what you're up to. So if you're, if you go a week or two without something like fine, you know, when you start posting again, you don't have to make a big deal of it and be like, Hey, I'm back. Sorry. I took a break. Like they just want to see that fresh content. That's important to them. They want to see that you showing up. Um, so, you know, you just have to kind of do a little bit. I say, do the hard work and decide what's important to you and how you want to show up and why you want to show up and then create a sustainable plan for yourself from there. That's again, why I say use a scheduler, make it easier for yourself. Well, I think that's good to know too, because I think a lot of us on Saturdays, we get so busy trying to, oh, I'm photographing and I try to do lives or behind the scenes. Hence, this is why you like to have somebody come along with you. If you want to have somebody cover, you do behind the scenes, but then you can take that content and turn around and use some of those things throughout the week. If you have a double weekend or a triple weekend, you're able to come and do some things. So I love the fact that 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 can happen and that you're collecting that information. Mm -hmm. And then Michelle's talking over in the group chat about showing yourself. So, you know, we maybe let's not get into the argument of do we need to have a personal account versus a business account, but as a business owner, in your professional opinion, again, how often do we need to have our faces on there? And again, everybody, you guys can come up and ask questions. I'm just going to keep going through the ones that people keep sending me. But feel free to come up and ask your question and get something directly for your niche while Serena's here if you need to. So back to that. How often do we need to put our faces somewhere? So on the grid, every 9 to 12 images. Wow. So like every like, you know, kind of uh, grid scroll you want to show up. Um, that is super important for people to feel connected to you. Now I have clients who absolutely refuse to show their faces. They will not do it. They're still doing fine. They're booking business. Are they booking perfect ideal, like best friend business? Maybe not because they refuse to get that personal touch in there. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, if you really want to foster those relationships, if it's important for you, for your client to really get to know you every nine to 12, if you could care less, you know, if you're not trying to have that super personal relationship and you're doing something that's a high transaction, um, you know, if you're doing rentals, if you're doing stationary, if you're doing something where, you know, you're not going to really get to know them in the long term. It's fine if maybe like once a month and if you don't want to show your face, but you have a team member, do team member introductions, but like definitely show up every month um, on your grid and then in stories, like definitely show up in stories as you can. Like if it's a wedding weekend, like show up or if you, there's a meal that you love to eat or a show you love to binge or something, a common thread item with you and your couples, like share that kind of stuff on your stories. I love that. So now let's segue into a little bit about we have realized that this is just not for us. I don't understand how to do it. I just don't have the time. We need to delegate. Hence, Delegate and Elevate mm -hmm. is Serena's company name, right? How yeah. does one go about maybe some tips on how to find somebody to do that? Let's talk a little bit about, you know, and again, this is what she does, everybody. So she's going to have some knowledge here. I am not by any means saying go hire her, I, although I think you probably should. But I would like her to share a little bit about what it's like to work with somebody. How do we go about finding a somebody, social media manager, social media curator, like anything else in our industry, we have to give 85 different names to it. And what yes. does it all mean, right? So maybe some steps of when we know it might be time to do this, how to go about looking for somebody, and then maybe just what to expect. Like, is this going to be like thousands of dollars a month? I know we have to equate the value and the worth, yes. but give us some tips on where we should start if we decide this is something we need to delegate. 
Yeah. So I think first you have to identify whether you like social media or not. You know, (laughs) if you love showing up on stories, but you haven't posted on your grid in months, like you really kind of have to do again, that hard work to decide like what your feelings around social media are. Like typically speaking, my clients, they see the value, they understand it's super important for them, but they feel like either bogged down by it, they're too busy, they don't actually enjoy it personally. Um, There's a lot of things that kind of come up for them when it comes to social. They recognize they're spending too much time there and they're not necessarily getting, um, they're not getting themselves away from that comparison syndrome or they're feeling anxiety around social because they're showing up, but they're not showing up. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're doing that thing where they're scrolling and they're consuming, but they're not posting because they feel a little paralyzed or anxious by things that are happening in social. So, you know, like I said, my clients typically have already identified, like they know it's important. They want to spend you know, time getting, letting their clients get to know them and them getting to know their clients, but they really just are in a a place in their business where that's not where their passion is. They know that they're really good at whatever it is that they do. And they're just things they don't want to spend their time with. So, um, we all get into that place. I think in our business where we finally realize, like, I don't want to be the only one doing everything anymore. Like, and I don't have to be the one doing everything anymore. They recognize it's not their strength. So kind of, that's the first step is like, that's, you know, first step is admitting right. uh, you have a problem or not, don't have a problem there. Um, and then really, of course, ask other vendors, like, what are you doing? Did you hire someone really recognizing? Are you in a place where you want to hire a contractor or if you want an employee? Because if you want to hire a contractor, again, you're not going to have as much control. You can certainly put parameters, but you're hiring somebody to be an expert versus if you hire an employee, you're going to hire someone and have to train them. So that's Mm -hmm. a main distinction too. like hire somebody that you don't have to train um, and make sure they have the expertise level for that. So you because if you don't really like what you're doing, how would you train somebody like if you really don't know? And I think that's key too. if you're finding somebody on Instagram and you think they have a really good feed, Ask, are you doing this on your own or who the heck yeah. is doing this, right? Yeah. And if you can see a change in somebody's feed, like, you know, from here to here, some they've got somebody. So asking yeah. for those. So I love those two points. So go ahead. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, just kind of recognizing that. And then as far as like deciding on a budget, again, you know, I call this more of a, I call it the VOI instead of the ROI. Like you're looking for a validation on investment and not a return on investment. Of course you want to book business from Instagram, but you're also looking to free up time, understand that marketing takes a while. If you haven't been doing it efficiently, it's going to take some time. And there is, of course, some risk involved with that. Like you're going to have to invest some funds to get a return. And it's not necessarily going to be quote unquote, as measurable, like, oh, I want X number of leads and X number of conversions. Like it doesn't always work like that in the wedding space because of the cyclical nature of our business. And because we don't know how long someone's going to follow us before they're going to book us or how many times we have to show up before that vendor members to refer us or whatever it may be. So, you know, you kind of have to one say like, am I looking for this to be a one-on-one, like I have to book X to get the X or am I looking for this to free up my time? And can I look at like the financials between like how much time I've given myself. So there are plenty of like virtual assistants who can do this for a couple hundred dollars a month, or you can hire an agency that can do this for 500 to $1,500 a month. So again, that kind of depends too on what level of expertise you're looking for. If you're and if you're wanting to grow to too, strategy. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're, yeah. so if you want to go with an agency like yours, I want to invest this money because I want to grow. So maybe when I, when you, and you sit down and you customize and you're going to, you're going to make a plan with me. Right. So then if I mm-hmm. say in three months, this is my goal. And so then you're working towards that, or maybe in three months, I'm going to bring on another service. And you can start growing that service now with all the little things that you can do to get you where to go. So I want everybody to hear a VA is a wonderful place to start. It'll get the job done. It'll get the things off the plate for you. It'll free you up. But will you grow your business with just a VA, right? If you go with an agency, and again, I am not condoning one. I'm not supporting the other. I'm always about sharing the value and the facts, right? If you go with an agency, this is just like investing with somebody. Okay, here is what I want to do. This is where I'd like to be. And they can sit down and they will help you with the plan to get there. Now, 
I want you to explain on this part how you still have to do something. You're not just a genius, Serena. You can't just go pull pictures out. What's the work involved when I hire an agency or even a VA? It's not we just wash our hands of it. We still have to supply what to those people? So, and this again is going to be dependent on at what level you hire someone and who you hire. And I will say from what I understand, I probably in my business does more we do probably a little bit more work than we should in that startup <laughs> phase because I like to, like, I am a baptism by fire kind of person. I like to dive in see what I'm working with and then craft my plan. Not everybody is like that. Some people are much more systematic, but typically speaking, the things you're going to need to have lined up, you're going to have to have lined up a list of your events, bare minimum. Like we need to know what's been on your calendar and what's coming up on your calendar. We need to understand the vendors who have been involved so we can get, you know, proper vendor lists crafted and made for you. If you don't have your images, we need to be able to like, know which ones you're willing to get versus which ones you're going to pay us to get for you and track down, which we do all the time. We have to track down galleries, but you need some pictures in some kind of organized fashion and like a cloud-based system, like a Dropbox or a Google, basic information on the client, like the date, their names, like in a perfect world, we have a questionnaire that you have mm-hmm. obtained when you're working with them. Um, in a perfect world, you already have like a voice memo or some kind of write-up about each couple. So we have a little bit of extra information. In a perfect world, your website is up to date. And we know that we can snag little bits and pieces from your website to get to know you better. Uh, You have to generally do an intake questionnaire. This should be with anybody that you hire to better understand your business and your goals and, you know, like your price points. You have to be transparent with some of that stuff. Like don't say, oh, well, we're somewhere in the range. Like we need to know how much you charge your clients so we can properly create content that doesn't necessarily expose that if you're not ready to, but so that we can understand the level of person that you want and, to and, work And hear with. that, everybody. She's not saying, like, if you want to just do million-dollar luxury weddings, then don't give her the DIY wedding. She needs to understand where you need to go. She doesn't care if you charge a dollar or if you charge a million. Anybody that you hire isn't about what you're charging. They're wanting to make sure that the message they send out is going to attract the clients that you're with now, but everybody that you want to grow into. So continue on, Serena. Yeah. Um, Typically speaking, contractually speaking, when you're working with someone, they're generally going to want some kind of commitment. My clients come on for a three-month commitment if they're doing a retainer package with me. I also have like a that that catchphrase of a VIP day. I have a plan your gram in a day where I do three months of content in a day. Um, So that's not a retainer. That's just a one-day service, um, kind of like booking a designer in a day. Um, But, you know, you have to kind of look at, at those packages like your commitment, your length of time that you might be working with someone. Um, And then, you know, you have to also be willing to um, share your passwords. You have to have a certain level of trust of letting people into your accounts. Um, You don't necessarily have to have a scheduler already established. A lot of times your person will have that. If you're hiring a VA, you have to consider that you're going to have to give them very set tasks of what you want done. Versus if you're hiring a strategist or a manager, typically they're going to be able to go in and make a lot of those decisions for you and then provide things for approval. I have clients I I literally have not talked to in years. Like we've been working together for six years and I never hear from them. And then I have other clients where we get on the phone once a month and we kind of talk about what's working, what's not working. Hey, I need you to provide these pictures because we don't have them. Or, hey, can you provide me some feedback on this couple? How do you feel about this? And we go back and forth. And you really have to give yourself two or three months to get in a groove with somebody. But obviously if they're not working, like you need to figure out, like attack the process and not the person and figure out what's not working because we don't know how particular we are about anything until we hire somebody and ask them to do it for us. We just don't know. Um, That has been my experience with anybody who hires me and for hiring my entire team. Every single person on my team, I did not know what I wanted from them until we got in it and I realized, oh, okay, this was my expectation. This is the reality. How do we bridge that gap? Um, And hopefully when you've made a good hire, there is a very small gap 
that right. needs to be bridged. But, you know, you have to have that tolerance and the time to, to give them information. And if you don't have the time to give it to them, you have to have the tolerance to let them make a couple mistakes to get things right for you. Well, and I think that's where the misnomer is, is I think people go, oh, I'll just hire a VA and they'll take my Instagram over. You still have to have some sort of content. And again, yes. if your website's set up where you can steal something or little tidbits about your website, again, this is where if your about page says something about you, they can go in there and take that and go. There's a lot they can do with minimum, but they mm -hmm. can't help you grow. And I'm just going to put my two cents in here and say, if you want to invest in somebody like this, you're going to want to grow your business or why are you doing it just to mm -hmm. say you're on Instagram, yeah. save that money and put it somewhere else. But if yep. you want to grow, then you're going to sit down and put the time in and it takes the time. But imagine being able to get into a group where at the end of every wedding, you say, here's a Dropbox of 10 or 15 images. Here's some of that voice message that she just suggested to you at the end, beginning. When you get in your car, you run a voice message of everything that happens through the day. Now you can just send it off to Serena, her business or company or any Anybody, you here's the pictures from this and here's the voice memo and then leaning up to that here's some pictures that lead up to this event and then in between here's some things we're working on I use chef Anthony since he's in here I'll use him as an example you know he just you know he's now celebrity chef Anthony right because he has been on a TV show but building up to that nothing in his Instagram would have said this is who I am I'm a celebrity chef but as he got to get on the show and do things it shifted and his story and everything on his web on his instagram started shifting to hey here's some sneaks here's some hints this is what i'm doing anthony couldn't have just flipped on that if he was doing instagram all by himself right so this is when i say you grow and you want to grow into something if you can handle it by yourself and get ready to go but if anthony would have been so busy worrying about the instagram anthony couldn't have been on the tv show Anthony couldn't have been putting his time over here. Dixie can't be worrying about the farm and the seven other businesses that she has if she didn't have some sort of a system in place to talk about each of those. So as Serena shared today, you have to decide showing up on Instagram, try and do it yourself. And as long as you just want to show up and be there, it's great. You might get some clients to find you, but you have to not be afraid to write the captions. She's gave you some great templates here to take a look at and a starting point. And you can't worry about all the hashtags or if you want to grow your business and start finding some clients there. Now we know to do grids and we know to do stories. And then we think, okay, if I want to go reels and I want to be part of that. And again, you heard her also say, you don't have to do all three mix and match do a little bit of each so i wanted everybody to hear there are ways to help you grow your instagram you have to commit to growing it it's okay if you want to stay where you are and just keep plugging along as anything else with your business you're the bus driver right you have to decide hey i can't do this anymore i don't want to do this anymore and you find somebody but it's going to come as a cost we always laugh in the industry nobody wants to pay my prices nobody wants to hire me do don't do the same thing if this is something that you need to move your business will this make your ship go faster if you hire a agency or a va ask those questions what would happen if i invest three months where will i be and you're honest with those people and you talk to those people and serena is going to be the type of person if you hire an agency it's going to say hey i also don't see this is growing we need to try something different do you have some photos like this and maybe give guidance to some mm -hmm. content that you can create to come into that is that something that you do and is that something that some agency does i know you can't speak of everybody but do you often suggest hey if you have a few minutes just on your cell phone snap a little bit of this we yeah. can run with that yeah absolutely well and you know i'm seeing this a lot happening with reels my clients are like oh i want you to do reels i'm like do you have any any like videos on your phone nope i got nothing and i'm like okay so we're gonna have to do a different approach when you're not willing to show up or take those videos you know and again that falls on on you ultimately like if there are things you want to do but you're not willing to do the work to, to get them done like we can only do we can only do so much just like you know your couples and you can only do so much with a certain budget you know like you have to kind of like make those those decisions and if i say hey go take this video and you don't take it then i can't you know produce that 
for you, you know, kind of thing. But um, yeah, I see a lot of times, sometimes the, you know, the first two months, all we're trying to do is make sure that you get consistent again and identify what your social media voice is, identify like what your followers are responding to. Like sometimes when you just have been absent, like you have to start somewhere and then you tweak things, you know, every couple months you infuse it with this or you decide like, yes, I'm going to concentrate on like launching a new website, but because we've already been consistent for two or three months, I know people are going to respond to me launching a new website versus Versus, oh, okay, I haven't shown up on Instagram for three months. I'm going to launch my new website tomorrow. Oh, nobody's responding. Well, that's because you haven't shown up, you know, so you have to kind of start strategically thinking about the things that you want to do in your business in the future so that we can start teasing those like months in advance. And one of the advantages to it, as things change with Instagram, having somebody already as an agency like this, they're already known a little bit about these changes. They get a you know, little bit of a head start. They can help prepare your, your account to grow into those changes. So keep that in mind. Katie asked a question or made a comment over in the chat about hashtags and stories. Are they relevant anymore? But yet she still sees the sticker. So you want to touch mm -hmm. on that a little bit? Yeah. So I actually like it when you hide hashtags and stories, like the sticker only allows you to put one. You can actually put like up to 10 hashtags in a story, but the first like couple are the most like important ones, but you can hide them and they'll show up um, in the search. I definitely think that one of the nice things about stories is you putting hashtags and stories is you can use a broader hashtag and you're more likely to show up in that broad hashtag search. So if you use something that had been used a million times, like they're actually going to surface that stories or video content, um, a little bit more than they would your grid content. So it's definitely worth using, but it's not something that you have to like, you know, get, super worried or, you know, kind of like wrapped up in because again, like I look at the analytics and see most of the time, almost everybody who's checking out a story is a follower anyway. But if you have a story that makes sense for people who aren't followers to see, like go and convert that into a reel instead. I love it. <laughs> like you well, get more bang for your buck that way. <laughs> exactly. Expand on broader hashtag. What does that exactly mean? So, okay. Like let's say the hashtag love has been used like a billion times. <laughs> so don't hashtag anything love. Um, just because it's not going, the likelihood you're going to surface in that discover feed for that hashtag is so low that you'd be better off using hashtag love wins. Um, even though that one's been used millions of times, yeah, millions too. Of times so, yeah. you know, like millions and millions. So you kind of have to look at that, like the, but again, you can go a little bit broader and not be as concerned. Like you can actually say like hashtag wedding or hashtag, you know, whatever wedding instead of necessarily having to be like hashtag Tampa wedding kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, that's I what that. I mean. Yeah. I love that. All right, everybody. Last few minutes. Anybody else have any more questions? Want to come up and ask anything before we let us all go back to work? I have to head over to a, a live podcast thing anyway. So um, anybody, any more questions? This has been absolutely great. Let me go check that chat real quick. Yes. Also, interactions and stories are really great, too. Yes. Like this or that. Are those things still doing well in stories, Serena? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely. I, I don't do a single story without putting some kind of interaction option there, a okay. poll or, you know, something that people can respond to a poll or the like little heart emojis. Everybody's um, stories are a little bit different. Like of all my clients, not all of them have the same function. So I have some clients that just got reels a couple weeks ago. I have some with stories that don't have the link sticker yet. I have some that have music, some that don't. So all of those things, you know, you have to say with a grain salt based on what options you have. But if you can put some kind of interaction in there, definitely do that. And then the popular stickers that they have at the bottom, um, as you're scrolling, like anything from the vaccine to stop small to Black Lives right. Matter, any of those, if you put one of those stickers on your stories, even if you hide them, they do actually tend to, uh, to get better views. And um, hiding them just hack. means you're putting them where? You're putting them somewhere and putting something on top of them, whether it's gotcha. a text block or, you know, like another GIF or something like that. Um, yeah. Or you can put them big, loud and proud, too. There's nothing wrong with that. But, <laughs> you know, if you want to, like, get a little creative so aesthetically it still looks nice, then you can kind of hide them by using the color tools and stuff like that. I love that. Somebody has a question coming up. Who is that? Let me see. Let me see who's coming up. Who's coming up? I got nobody with a hand up. I don't see it. I don't see somebody. So, all right. Don't know who you are. 
All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. Serena, thank you so much. I you're love welcome. the fact that you are able to share this information with us, that you're here willingly sharing with us and it didn't hold anything back because we need to know. And you're the one that does this and you're the one that this is your zone of genius. You know, and you know and appreciate the wedding industry. Thank you for sharing your templates. I do hope everybody goes and pops and grabs those. That's a you know a really good place to start to get you loving writing social media hashtags and captions and and just take the information that you learned today and go out reach out. She's totally be able to reach out to so you already seen your websites right there. If you need something else, if you like to research hiring her and her team, that's what she loves to do, y'all. And if you want to make a shift change your mindset to I just know that I can do this if instead of I'm just not going to reach out get some more information and let her see if she can create something that will help move your move forward all right so thank you everybody for joining us as always this is the wedding pros club thank you for all the new members that have popped in today I appreciate it and Serena we will see you around I can't wait to see you in St. Augustine's when I get down there yes for our for coffee sure. date I love it yeah. all right everybody thank you so much Serena last words my friend uh, just go out there and don't let social media be so hard. It doesn't have to be hard. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Like my ultimate goal for everyone, whether I'm helping you or not, is just don't let it stress you out so much. Like it's just a little, you know, like it's, it's obviously my livelihood, but it doesn't right. have to be so stressful. Have exactly. fun with it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're in the weddings cause you love it. And we have yeah. one more thing. Show what you know, show what you do. Write a mm -hmm. caption that explains that. Let everybody know from the photo into the caption what it is that you do, how you can solve their problem, how you can serve them, and then they'll come following you. So thank you again, everybody. We'll see you. There's some shows coming up, some rooms coming up later on today. Make sure you check those out, and then we'll be back all next week. Thanks, everybody. Go out and have a fabulous Thanks, day. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. For more information about today's show, check out the show notes on the BFABO blog at bobbybrinkman.com. Along with some offers for our listeners, you'll also find information about how to work with Bobby as a coach, a speaker, or for workshops. She'd love to collaborate with you. Oh, and don't forget, subscribe to the podcast to keep motivation coming to your earbuds. BFABO. BFABO.